Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. joy to be back with you at New Beginnings um, because you are a people I know who are uncompromised for the Lord. You, you love the word, you love all, and my friends, Pastor Larry and Tiz, it's an honor to be here, and Nancy. Uh, with COVID, last time I was back, it was before COVID, but you made it. You're here and you look great, all the more. Now, as always, I have a lot to share with you. Um, no matter how much I do, I can only give you a taste. There's so much more, and for that reason... As I've done each time, as soon as I finish, they're gonna, uh, I'm going to go back and I'll meet you where they have the books and I'll tell you what they will have. Um, so before I go full blast, let me give you a quick idea of what will be there for you after the service. Um, this is not just for you, but to also bless people in your life who need to know. Number one, they'll have, they'll probably put it up there as I say it, is the harbinger. Some of you know that. The harbinger is the mystery that holds the secret of America's future. Millions have read it, but there are millions who have still not. If you have people in your life who have not, it's still coming true. They'll have that. Second is the book of mysteries. That'll open up. <laughs> Boy, it's good to be back at New Beginnings. You guys, I think you know my books better than I do. So it'll open up hundreds of the mysteries of God, mind-blowing mysteries, not only to be blown away, but also to have your life change. And also, People are giving it to non-believers, and it's like giving them oh, over 300 tracks, and all, they're all receiving it and thanking people and getting saved. So uh, the third is the paradigm. The paradigm is so specific, it actually reveals exact events, people of our day. Uh, actually, it, it has come true since it came out. Even what happened on Capitol Hill, everything is there. It may have other things that are yet to come. That'll be there. Now, the, the next ones, when I was here the last time, they didn't exist because I wrote them since I was here. The first one is the Oracle. That is the only book I've written that actually opened up the mysteries of the end times, Israel, Jerusalem, the prophetic timetable of what we have left, mind-blowing things. Next one is The Harbinger 2. That is the book I held back for years because I, I knew I could only write it at the time, and I got it. I got the Lord said, do it, because the shakings are about to come. I started writing in 2020 at the beginning, and then the shakings came. And that the shakings are the continuation of The Harbinger and what's happening. So I got it from the Lord. You got to write this so people know, my people know where we are and what's coming. So that's what's happening now. And the last one, which I'm going to open up, going to share some things from it today, is the most explosive I've ever written. It's called The Return of the Gods. And, uh, and so the thing is that now you're going to get a taste of it. Most of it, though, still I cannot even get into. Now, they're going to have that there as well. My calling is to get the word out. This is to encourage you not just to get it for yourself, but for people in your life. So what they're going to do is this. Most of these are hardcovers, and they list about $28, $30 now. But if you get one, it's going to be $15. you get two, it's going to be $14. Keep going. If you get all six, it's going to be $10. That's less than a Happy Meal, or that's less than a McDonald's thing. So, so get it not just for yourself. You guys are amazing. You, we've run out when we've done it with you. You're amazing because you, you love the word. So this is going to be the, the, the lowest price on earth, so take advantage of it. Get it out. Out to people now. The last thing is one more resource that's really so unique that no bookstore in the world has it. No store you can't get it on Amazon. I actually brought it on the plane for here. It's the uncensored version. 
of the return of the gods. It not only has what we're going to talk about today, but it's going to have things that are nowhere else on earth. It's the return of the gods uncensored, eight DVDs, one-hour DVDs where I'm opening it up, but you're going to see the mysteries, you're going to see the principalities, uncensored materials, even a videotape of what a prophetic event that happened in New York City, a manifestation of the gods in front of City Hall. I actually filmed it. It has things that are nowhere else. So it's going to be there. It's radically reduced. It comes out to about $5 a DVD. So uh, that is the return of the gods uncensored, only for here. Lastly, uh, I'm always asked about getting prophetic updates so or getting in touch. So the ministry I lead is Hope of the World. Um, and if you will have a thing on the table, if you put your contacts, we'll send you free gifts and all sorts of prophetic updates. Um, if you just remember hopeoftheworld.org, you can also do that. If you're ever in New York City or New Jersey, be my guest at the Jerusalem Center in Wayne, New Jersey. And lastly, I don't know if they, they have it. I did it last minute, but you want to see a glimpse, an advanced glimpse of the book I'm, work, I'm finishing now. It'll be out in September. It'll be, okay, if you have it, uh, can you put that up? It's the, that is the next book. The Josiah Manifesto, which is the ancient mystery and guide for the end times. So please keep it in prayer. It'll be out in September, but I'm sure I'll, I'll tell you about it. All right, are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Let's pray to get ready. And guys, in the sound, if you give me a little bit more so I don't hold it so close. Father, we just praise you and thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this work, and I thank you for my brother and sister, Lord, who are doing this work. Lord, this is on fire for you, and this is uncompromised for you, Lord. And I ask you anoint, Lord, for great and mighty things ahead for this, for new beginnings, Lord. And I praise you, Father, and I ask now in my weakness, be strong in your power and speak to your people. In the name above every name, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. Oh, I could stay here. I don't know if I'm going back. I'll just stay here for a while. What I'm going to open up this morning is one of the most important things I could ever speak about. I believe it's, a, it's for this hour. It is what's taking place around you, what's taking place in your life, what's taking place in your children's life, what's transforming America and the world in many ways. It's going to explain many things that are happening. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Is it possible that the figures that we know as gods are not just fables and mythology, there's actually something real behind them? What if there are entities behind them, and what if they return to today, to America? What would happen? Well, they have. Could they be the invisible agents that are affecting our culture, changing it? What if we could identify them? What is their agenda concerning you? What's the future? Is there hope? What lies ahead? What do you need to know to be prepared? That's why I was led to write The Return of the Gods now. Not only to reveal this, but to arm God's people and strengthen and prepare God's people. Because if you're in a fight and you don't know you're in a fight, you're not going to win. Or if you're in a fight you don't know what you're fighting, chances are you're not going to win. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not here for a politically correct message. I'm here for truth. Well, that's why I'm here. In ancient times, the world was filled with gods. No matter where you went, they worshipped gods. It wasn't one place where they didn't. But in the book of Deuteronomy, it gives a mystery. It says behind the gods was something called the Shedim in Hebrew. It also comes in Psalm 106. It says they worship the Shedim. They offer their children to the Shedim. Now, Shedim means a spirit, an entity with will, with consciousness, with volition. 
Now, when the Jewish scribes translated this into Greek, they, the word became the word daimonia. We get the word demon from it. When Paul speaks, uh, speaks of the, the, the pagan world op actually offering or worshiping the idols, he says they're worshiping the daimonia or the demonic or the shedim. So behind the gods are actually these spirits. And the gods are like a mass for the spirits. Now the next piece of the mystery. If the gods represent spirits and the pagan world was given to the gods, then they were given to the spirits. They were indwelt by them. They were possessed by them. Pagan culture is a possessed culture. And it's amazing because when you look at pagan culture, you see the same signs of demonic possession that you see in the Bible. The shaking, the trembling, the channeling. And the closer you got to the gods, like the priests and the oracles, the more they were possessed. So what happened? What happened to the gods of, the, of Western civilization? What, why are they not here? What happened to them? Jesus happened. Yeshua happened. Messiah happened. God came into the world. And he had the power to cast these things out. But also he sent the gospel into the world. So the word of God went into the pagan world. The power of God went into the lands of the gods. The spirit went into the places of the spirits. And there, that's why there was such a conflict, a warfare over the gospel. That's why Christians were persecuted. That's why they were thrown to the lines. Not because of culture, not because of politics, because of the spiritual realm. They were told, just, just offer incense to the gods and we won't kill you. But they said no. But in the end, the power of God, the power of Messiah, prevailed against the gods. The temples of Zeus became empty. The shrines of Dionysus became abandoned. It was the twilight of the gods. The gods were gone. But if behind the gods were spirits, then it wasn't just the departure of gods. It was the departure of spirits. It was the greatest mass exorcism in human history. Wherever the gospel went, it was a mass exorcism. But spirits don't die. What happened to them? Now comes the final key of the mystery to unlock it. And that comes from the parable of Messiah. He said, when a spirit comes out of a man, it goes wandering looking for a place to dwell. Doesn't find it, says, I'm going back to my house. Now he's talking about the guy. The guy, he's calling the guy a house. Goes back to the house, finds it empty and clean. Says, I'm going back, and he gets seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they repossess the house, they repossess the man. And the Lord says, the latter state is worse than the beginning. But what people miss about this is when you, when you read this in the Gospel of Matthew at the end, he says, not talking about just one person. He says, so it shall be with this generation. In other words, generations, nations, civilizations can be possessed. They can also be delivered, and they can be repossessed. And that is the warning to America. That's the warning to modern times. And the warning is this. Any culture, any civilization, any nation that has been delivered of these things by the power of God, if it should ever empty itself of God's presence, if it should ever cast the gospel out, ever should, should turn away from God, then the spirits that were cast out of it will come back into it. In other words, for America, which is part of Western civilization, if it ever turns away from God, then these ancient spirits that were cast out are coming back. The gods will return to re-inhabit it. And the thing is that now they're coming back, not, you know, these are pagan spirits, they're coming back to take a Christian nation or a Christian civilization and turn it into a pagan one. They're coming back to repossess it. And so if you want to understand what's been happening, in America and much of the world for the last half century, 
these bizarre changes. This is what's happening. This is a repossession. This is a, this is a paganization. Every change that's happened is the change turning America towards paganism. And so America, we're seeing this right now. And you know, you know, the Lord said it'll be worse than the beginning. In other words, what's coming without the presence of God, what's, what, where it's going is worse than paganism. You see, paganism can produce a Nero. But when a nation turns away from God, it produces a Hitler or an Antichrist. So here, now what are they? Which ones have returned? Well, there are many spirits, but there were three key spirits or gods in the fall of ancient Israel when they turned away from God that just took over the culture. And that's in the, in the book I call it the Dark Trinity. The first one is called the Possessor. That's what his name means. Possessor, the master, the lord, the owner. In Hebrew, he was called Baal. We call him Baal. In ancient times, this spirit caused Israel to turn away from God. Caused Israel, it says, to forget God and overturned his commandments. Well, could this happen to America? Could this spirit come? How would it happen? We'd have to open the door. It began, America opened the door in the early 1960s, began removing God from its culture. Says, okay, first we're going to take God out of the schools, not a big deal. Just take, the, just take prayer out, not a, well, it was a big deal. Because when you take God from the children, you're taking God from the future. You're setting the whole thing up. And the thing is, the warning of Jesus is that the house, if you empty the house of God, the house isn't staying empty. You take God out of the school, something else is coming into the school. You take God out of the children, something else is coming into the children. And we're watching it now. So we open the door and this spirit, the first spirit, it's like that spirit that comes back, the first one then gets the rest. The spirit of the possessor comes into America. What happens to America? Start, this spirit drove God out of everything. Well, we've been watching this spirit driving God out of everything. Out of the public square, out of the government, out of, out of, out of Hollywood, out of everything. You can hardly remember an America that once the biggest movies had names like Ten Commandments. And, and King of Kings, where the school teachers actually led the children in the Lord's Prayer all across America. But you take God out, and this is what happens. So what, so what did he do? What happened? This spirit has caused America, like Israel, to forget God and never knew God. It's caused America to overturn the commands of God just like it did with Israel. We've literally struck down the Ten Commandments. It has, the Bible says that this spirit basically, you know, comes in takes over, and the thing is, what, what this culture is calling a new morality or a, a woke morality is actually a pagan morality. It's behind wokeness. Let me, let me give you an example of how deep this thing is. You know, when there's, when there's God, monotheism, there is one God, one truth. But in paganism, there are many gods and so many truths. That's why we have this spirit in our culture now that says, well, everybody has their own unique, authentic truth. That's not, that's not progressive, that's pagan. Where if a man says, I'm not a man, I'm a tree, well, then that's his authentic truth. No, that's paganism. And here's another thing you may not think about. You know, you know it says, the Bible says that when the nation started worshiping the idols, they actually, they served the works of their hands. They end up serving the works of their hands. Paul on Mars Hill, when he speaks of the idols of the world, he uses a word, you know what the word he uses? He uses the word techne. We get the word tech. Technology. What is that saying? 
that if a nation or a culture turns away from God, it's going to end up worshiping, serving the works of its hands. It's going to serve its own technology. It's going to be, so we have a generation glued, being actually mastered by computers. And actually, the Bible says that they become like what they worship. They become like what they serve, what they made. So now people are becoming less and less human. They can't relate to each other. And the machines are becoming more human. Now, there was one sign of Baal above every other sign. You know what it was? It was the sign of a molten bronze bull. All across the ancient world was a sign of a nation turned to Baal and that had also turned away from God. Well, could that sign appear in America? Go down to New York City where the harbingers are, and you'll see a massive molten bronze bull. Now, the people who put it there had no idea what they were doing, but this is the biblical sign of a nation that has turned from God and has turned to the spirit of Baal. Now, there was another manifestation I won't go into. We don't have the time, but we're actually in New York City. They actually erected an object of Baal from the temple of Baal, and they had, the, they had the leaders of New York City praising this whole thing. And we witnessed this. It was incredible. But that's what I, that's where I recorded it. But the thing is, it's happening. Now, if you open the door, these things will come in. But this is just a little taste of the first one. But there's more. There, what, what about the second of the dark trinity? In the book, she, it is a she. She is called the Enchantress. Baal had a wife. In Canaanite mythology, it was her wife or his wife or his, his consort. But she's all over. In the Bible, she's called Ashtoreth. But she's all over. In Babylon, she was called Ishtar. In Greece, she was called Aphrodite. This is an ancient spirit. This is the spirit of unbridled sexual immorality. So what happened? And she also was a prostitute goddess. So what happens? What would you expect to happen? First, the Bible says first Baal and then Ashtoreth. So first Baal comes in early 60s. Then we'd expect something to happen that's going to start transforming sexuality in America. Did it happen? It was called the sexual revolution. It hasn't stopped. See, what does a prostitute do? She's a prostitute. What, a prostitute takes sex out of the home and puts it into the culture. She sexualizes the culture. What has happened to America? Starting with the 60s, sex has been taken out of marriage and it has sexualized the culture. And also, what does, a God, what does a prostitute do? She weakens marriage. So look what's happened to marriage. The same time that sex is taken out of, the, out of marriage, marriage becomes weak, broken homes, broken families. That's the fingerprints of the goddess. Now let me tell you something even more, more you know, exact. In the ancient world, in, the, in Greece, she was called the sacred prostitute. But they called her, the word they called her in Greece was the word for prostitutes, the word they called her porne, from which we get the word porn. So when she, and actually she's the author of, she's the inventor of pornography. The first pornography on planet earth is the writings of this goddess, the pictures of this goddess. And so when she comes back, she uses pornography to seduce a nation, to turn it from God to paganism. That's exactly what has happened since then. She cast a spell. Now, there's so much more I can't get into it now, but to say this. Also, she was also the goddess of casting spells, the occult. So something, notice something else that happened. In the 1960s, there was another revival. And you know what it was? It was a revival of the occult. Astrology, Ouija boards, fortune tellers, psychic hotlines, Eastern religions, and New Age, all that. You know, today, there are more witches in America than there are Presbyterians. That's how far we've gone. 
She was an enchantress. She's also a sorceress. But let's move to the next, the third of the Dark Trinity. In the book, she's, it's called The Destroyer. This is the, the god or spirit that causes parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. The pagan world was filled with this all over the world. There was human sacrifices and child sacrifices and child abuse. It was not safe to be a child in the pagan world. And the thing is, the only thing that stopped, that drove this out of the world was the power of Jesus, the gospel. But the ancient warning, he said, if you turn away from God, this one's coming back too. And so the destroyer, so Molech, comes to America. It's like clockwork. First, Baal, the turning away. Second, Ashtora, the sexual revolution. And then at the end of the 60s, early 70s, comes the destroyer. America begins to offer up its own children as sacrifice. The most pagan act, which is abortion. You know, they say, but Jesus said, you know, they come back worse. Well, you know, Israel killed thousands of its children. We have killed over 64 million of them. And I, I won't go into it, but just to say, you know, I, I opened this up when I looked at how they sacrificed the children. And you look at abortion, it actually, abortion's actually replaying the ancient rites step by step by step. I'll just mention one, one aspect of it. In the ancient world, you know which kind of children were offered up to this God more than any other? The children of the poor. Which children are offered up in abortion today more than any other? The children of the poor. Now we got to go even deeper. When I looked at the, at the ancient inscriptions from Mesopotamia, I found something very strange about the goddess, the enchantress. She says, I am a woman, I am a man. One of her hymns, she's praised, says, you are the one who has the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. You want to understand what's happening in America right now? This all goes back to the gods. This is her deeper work. She could never do that in the 60s. It was too radical. But as she starts taking possession of a culture, as she starts weakening marriage and, and taking marriage, taking sex out of marriage, now she can move to her deeper work which is to change men into women and women into men. She's the principality of androgyny. She confuses men, male with female, female with male, boy with girl, girl with boy, and it's here. One of the ancient inscriptions says she grinds away the masculinity of men. What is that? What is that? Well, she, she's the spirit. Do you know there's a spirit in America that basically hates men? And anything, and, and it grinds away men. It hates fatherhood. Against the, quote, patriarchy. Well, this goddess was against the, quote, patriarchy. And so what it does is it grinds away man. Takes, the idea is she takes men away from manhood, away from fatherhood, away from marriage, away from women. She emasculates them, seeks to feminize them. It's a strange thing because the culture hates masculinity except when it's the masculinity of a woman. At the same time, the goddess turned women into men. She comes into the culture to, to, to defeminize women, take women away from motherhood, away from marriage, away from womanhood, away from everything. The goddess was female, but she had masculine characteristics, so she seeks to make women now into her image. Separate man from woman, woman from man. But her powers went deeper. The goddess had a mysterious priesthood. They were called the Asinu. They were men who walked around her temples dressed up as women. They dress up in women's clothing, women's makeup. They spoke as women. It's written, she dresses men as women, women as men. 
Parents would bring their children to see the men dressed as women. And they would dance for them. If you see this return to the culture, you know the spirits are back. This is what happens when you take God out. You know, if we knew this, I didn't know it. And I, if we knew this when, when America said, let's well, just take this out, we could have said this is exactly what's happening. What was is back. But remember, Messiah said that when the spirits come back, they come back worse. So the thing is, back then she possessed those men. She possessed those priesthood. Now she's seeking to possess an entire generation of children. The gods are always after the children. Because if you get the children, you have the nation, you have the future. It began by taking prayer out. Look what has come in now. But it goes further. The goddess also, not only that, she also, it says she also didn't just dress them. Some of her priests, she surgically transitioned them. I found an ancient inscription that describes the transitioned men so they're danced before the goddess holding scalpels as if to celebrate their surgeries. Now adults are doing this to children. What on earth could possess an adult to do this to a child? Well, this could possess them. And you have, we have to be strong about this because if this is like basic morality 101. Now there was one event that began this entire movement that has altered sexuality, gender, pride. Right now, by the way, it's the month of June, I hear. It happened, this all began in New York City like many of these things begin. With an uprising in New York at a bar, same-sex bar called Stonewall. From that came the entire movement that has changed, the rainbow, everything. Now I'm not going to, I don't have time to go into it, I do it in the book, but on the night that the riots began, all these ancient signs started appearing on the streets of New York City, all linked to the goddess who changes sexuality. Well, I'm sorry to it, but it includes things like the lion's head, that was linked to the god, appears, the Ishtar's gate, all these things. Now, this has touched our entire culture, and every year it gets worse. Let me show you some of the mysteries behind what's been happening. What's been happening to the entire culture, and most people have no idea. The ancient inscriptions say this. The goddess was the goddess of parades. In other words, in her parades, what were they? It says they were at parades. She would cause men to parade in the city dressed as women, women as men. Parades filled with color, filled with sexual licentiousness and gender bending. Well, they're back. Every year. Now, the spirit, this, this goddess had one month of the year that she particularly possessed the culture. What was it? Well, actually, in the book, I looked at the writings of the early Christians, because it was still there. I, actually, the writings of St. Jerome, and he identifies the month, and he says the month in Latin is called Iunium. We get the word June. The goddess possessed June, or Tammuz. We have an entire month. You know, she's the goddess of pride, so we have an entire month now called Pride Month. What is that? It's what Messiah Jesus said. He said, you know, the spirits are going to go back to the house they once possessed, so they're going back to June. That's why June has turned to what it is now. Now, the goddess was linked to a particular sign. One of the signs she was linked to, you know what it was? The sign of the rainbow. The rainbow. She's called the goddess of the rainbow. And so, and, and her, now the rainbow does not belong to a goddess or a movement. The rainbow belongs to God. But this goddess in her mythology is a goddess who steals what belongs to other gods and uses it for herself. 
And so the, to, for though to take the, the, the sign that's of God, that's of his mercy, and to put it in his face, that's a dangerous thing. In fact, actually, in the, in the book I reveal, there's a very dark, there are very dark secrets to the rainbow with a goddess that if people realized it, they would never lift this thing up. In fact, every color is linked to the goddess. Now, could the mystery even lie behind the Supreme Court in the past? Now, the time that the goddess especially claimed, I said it was June, but particularly the last days of June, where it's the most intense, the time of the summer solstice, pagan time. Now, there were, end of June, now were there, there were three Supreme Court decisions that have altered sexuality and marriage, as we know it. I won't go into detail. They happened over a 12-year period. Last one was 2015, the striking down of marriage. The first one took place when? June, last days of June, time of the summer solstice, days of the goddess. The second one, 10 years later, struck down the Defense of Marriage Act, happened June, last days of June, days of the goddess. The third one, the striking down of marriage, we all remember it, happened in June, last days of June, days of the goddess. The first one happened on June 26. The second one, 10 years later, June 26. The last one, June 26. June 26 is linked to the mystery of the goddess. In fact, in fact, remember the day when this happened and Obama lit up the White House as a rainbow? Well, you know, it's almost, it's almost like giving, the, giving America to the spirits. And, you know, the thing is, the day, that night when, he lit, when, the, when the White House was lit up, that night to celebrate the, the, the changing of marriage for man and man, well, that day was the 10th day of Tammuz. I look back on the ancient calendar of Babylon, you know what it says? It says the 10th day of Tammuz is appointed, is ordained to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. That was the day that marriage was transformed. What is the agenda of the gods? What is their end game? They've come back with a vengeance. You see, they were cast out. In the ancient world, they were cast out by the word of God. So they're trying to cast the word of God out from our culture. They were cast out by the gospel. That's why they're trying to get the gospel out. They were cast out by believers. That's why they're targeting you and religious freedom. And so as they were once cast out by the name of Yeshua, Jesus, they're not, they're not trying to take that name out. That's why you have to speak that name. When the gods first come in, they come in step by step in the name of tolerance, openness. You know, that's how they got in. That was only to get into the door of our Christian culture is, hey, be open, do your own thing, be open. But once they get in, well, think, think of Jezebel. Think of Baal and Jezebel. Once they get in... Then, there's, then tolerance goes out the window. Now it's not a, a tolerance culture, it's a cancel culture. They move to now every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. They seek to force everyone to go along with it. They seek to force you to go along with it. They seek everyone to celebrate their festivals. And any opposition, they seek to silence. Anyone who stands in their way, they seek to cancel. You know, this age began with a war of the gods, with the first Christians in the Roman Empire, well, that war is back because the gods are back. So this goes right into end-time prophecy. What does the Bible say about the end times? It'll be a time of deceiving spirits. When men become lovers of self, immorality shall increase. People will be without natural affection. They'll persecute God's people. Well, it's back. Now, the return, I wrote, I told you, I wrote the return of the gods not only to reveal the mystery, but to arm God's people. And that's what the last part is about. What do you do? Number one, 
If there's any stronghold in your life, any idol, anything that is above God, anything linked to this, you know, whether pornography, anything, it's a stronghold of the God in your life. You got to put it away once and for all. You got to smash that altar. Whatever you have to do, you got to do that. Because, you know, think of, think of Gideon. You know, Gideon was a great man of God, but he had one issue. Before he could become a great man of God, he had to deal with something. There was an altar of Baal in his backyard. He had to smash that altar, and then God says, okay, I'm going to use you now. You need to smash that altar. Now, let me tell you a secret. When I was beginning to work on this book, first of all, I never had so much spiritual warfare as you can imagine. I mean, it took me two years. I couldn't even write for a year. There was so much happening. But when I, when I began... One of my associate pastors, a very humble man who had never, never came to me with this before, he's woken up in the middle of the night and he sees a vision and has a word. He says, Jonathan, I got to tell you, it's about you. And he says, I saw, I saw you, you were bringing forth a word and all, all around you were speaking to all these altars of the gods. And he knew nothing about the book at all. He said, you spoke the word, when you brought the, the word forth, the altars began to crack open. And spirits began departing from them. Now he told me that. I said, wow, because he had no idea what the book was. But now America has one altar above all others, the most brazen altar on which millions of children have literally been killed, the altar of abortion. Now, now, now I finished the last words of the return of the gods on June 24th. June 24th was the day that the altar of abortion broke open. The Supreme Court struck down Roe versus Way on that day. That's a sign from God. You see, you know, it's just God is saying, listen, I've heard your prayers. Don't give up praying. Don't, doesn't matter how long, keep praying. And also saying nothing is impossible with me. And in the Bible, you know what? The sign of revival wasn't a, a, a tent crusade meeting, which are great. You know what it was? Revival was the broken altar. When they broke the altars, there was revival. This is a sign that God is saying there can be revival. We have to pray for revival as never before. Because without revival, America is finished. We have to not only pray for revival, we actually have to start living in revival. Because God said, if my people call by my name, will humble themselves, turn from their evil ways and seek my face and pray, I will heal, I will heal their land. If, if, if. See, if we start living in revival, revival starts now. And the Bible says all these things will agree. There will be seducing spirits and all that. But it also says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. If the, you know, the end times are not just times of darkness. They're times of darkness and light. If the dark is getting darker, it's time for you, the lights of God, to start getting brighter. See, these are the days when the grays are disappearing. And if the dark is removing the gray to get totally dark, it's time for us, the light, to remove the gray from our life to get totally bright and totally shining. The days of great evil are days will manifest great good. You see, these are the days that produce Elijah's and Paul's. These are the days that produce greatness. You know, all you have to do is stand for God, and no matter what comes, and you'll become great in God. Do not fear the end times. God called you in existence for this very hour. If he didn't want you here, he would have put you in the Middle Ages. God puts you here 
that if God shows you for this hour, he will anoint you for this hour. He will empower you for this hour. You know, I think I've told you, you know, some of you pray, I wish I could live in Bible times. Congratulations. You made it. Welcome to Bible times. You see, if these are the days of Baal and Ashtoreth and Moloch, these also must be the days of Elijah. And if the gods are returning, it's time for the Elijahs of God to return. Time for you to become the Elijah of God. For this hour, that's why you were born. Don't fear it. Go for broke, you know. Let the chips fall where they may. This is what it's all about. You know, a lot of times we say, well, hey, if I was living there, I'd do this. Well, now you are living there. So let, don't be afraid now. This is your hour of greatness. This is round two. This is, this is the book of Acts, the sequel. God wants, you know, if the world is going back, one of the mysteries of the end times, I actually opened up in the oracle, is that everything goes back to the beginning at the end. Everything goes back. In the beginning of the age, you had an Israel in the world. Well, Israel's back in the world. You had Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem's back. You had, you had, all, you had Jew and Gentile together. Well, we're back. And you had a world culture that was pagan. Well, it's going back. But if the culture is going back to where it was at the beginning, it's time for us to go back to where we were at the beginning. That's the book of Acts. That's where, that's where we got to go. We are to stand and fight as they did. You know, you know this, is not, this, is not the, this is the exception. Because most of biblical times, they're dealing with these gods. You know, you know, most of the time, you know, Moses dealt with the gods of Egypt. He stood strong. Elijah stood strong against the gods of Canaan. The Maccabees stood against the gods of the Greeks. The first Christians stood against the gods of Rome. Well, now it's our turn. Now it's our turn. See, we have to be more like the book of Acts. You know, you, we got to stand, this is it, because God's bringing it all back, it's time. You know, what's the most exciting part of a movie? The last 15 minutes. Well, God has chosen you to star in the last 15 minutes. That's great, rise to it. Be strong and have good courage. Because you have something that is so much more powerful than the gods and any spirit of this world. You've got the power of the living, almighty God. You have the power of the almighty spirit of God. And our God, you know, when Moses crossed the Red Sea, he wrote a song, Who is like you, Lord, among the gods. There's nobody. There's nobody like our God. You have the most powerful force on earth. And you have the name of Jesus, Yeshua, that actually changed an entire world, cast all these things out. You've got that power. Use the power. Use the force. You've got the power. And there's no Savior like our Savior either. Nobody like Jesus. It doesn't matter what the world says. You know what? CNN's going to be gone one day. Newsweek will be gone. Hollywood will be gone. But the name of Yeshua, Jesus, will be forever and ever and ever and ever. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Awesome. He's awesome. You know, and that's a sign. This is not the time to cower. This is the time to stand like you just did. This time to take your stand. Take your stand. Again. Say, I will not bow down my knee to Baal. I will not bow down my knee to, to sexual immorality anymore. I will not bow down my knee to Moloch. I will not bow down my knee 
You know, it's time to take to take authority, not just in our culture, but in your own life, for that thing that has been, been haunting you or intimidating you or try to seduce you and make you sin continuously, that habit, that, that temptation, that spirit, that attitude, and say, no more. I will not bow down my knee to you again. I will not bow down to your bondage, to your fear, to your gloom, to your darkness. I will only bow down my knee to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus, you have no authority in the name of Messiah, in the name of Yeshua. I say, get out of my land. Get out of my nation. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. Get your hell out of my life. For greater is he who is in me than you are in the world. Greater in the name of Yeshua. For thus has the Lord arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you in the name above every name that is named. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the King above all kings, the Lord of lords, and the God among all gods. Amen. God bless you. I told Jonathan he got a little Pentecostal on us there. You know, in Stay Standing, would you? We're going to close in just a moment. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? Coincidence. coincidence. It's not a coincidence. We were supposed to have rabbi in uh, some time ago, and I had to do something in Israel, and I couldn't make it back, and so we came in this time. And it's not a coincidence. This is the, this is the, the launching board. I'm going to do a series. I leave, keep, keep us in prayer, please. I leave for Israel. Uh, excuse me. Where am I going? Brazil. I leave for Brazil on Tuesday. I get back Saturday morning. We're going to be leading five and a half million people in prayer for our nation and the nation of Israel. When I come back on Sunday, we're going to do an anointing service. There's a reason why we need the Holy Spirit back in our church. When they got the Holy Spirit, there was a boldness that came upon the church. Somebody say boldness. After that, I'm going to start a series, and it just springboards off of what Jonathan was saying. I'm going to do a series called What Must We Do? When they heard the word of God, when they heard the word of God, and Peter got up with boldness, they said, what must we do? As Christians, we must be the light of the world. We've got to stand up and say something. Ellie Weissel, the survivor of the Holocaust, said, every human has to take a side because if you're quiet, the oppressor always wins. But if you'll stand up and say something, and folks, we need, a, we need an army that'll go through the land. On October 21st, put this on your calendar, we're doing a prayer and praise rally outside. We've already met with several hundred churches, and, and Jonathan and I were talking in the back with the guys, and they said, you know what, we want to stand up. But as Jonathan said, they're afraid to put their necks out. Somebody's got to put their neck out. But you know what, if we put our neck out, we're not going to get it chopped off. We're going to have the hand of God come on us with the anointing and the blessing. 
And so I believe in all my heart, listen to me, I believe in all my heart, COVID was a strategy of the devil. He started weakening the church. He started getting people staying home. He started people getting, well, we're just watching. We thank God for everybody watching by stream. But when we come together as an army and we come together as a voice for the name that is above every name, and that name is the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah, I declare greater is he that's in us than anything that's out in that world. Let's stick our neck out. Let's stick our neck up and let God bring an anointing on us because I read the end of the book. We're not going under. We're going over. We're going out a glorious bride, and that means all of us. Somebody shout amen.